Jess with Jess for 30. And uh, we're at beautiful Lakeland Country Club today in Brighton, Michigan. And I have with me a very good friend of mine. We've actually become great friends over the last three or four years, Peter Janopoulos. Welcome, Peter. Well, you know what? It's really nice to be here because I'm with the ultimate class, the king uh -huh. of class, Ron, the mayor, Jess. Thank you, Peter. <laughs> you are great. So, Peter, where were you born? Uh, Detroit. Detroit? Yeah. And your parents, uh, you come from a Greek family. Right. right. Both parents? Yep. And uh, Second generation. Uh, I'm... My dad was first generation. I'm second generation. Was your father in the restaurant business? Yep, all was his he? life. What restaurant? Well, he owned Nick's Barn Restaurant in uh, Livernois and Tireman in Detroit. And what did they do? Uh, just a... Barn restaurant. Barn restaurant, yeah. yeah. That barn one side, the restaurant on the other side. So you made move from Detroit to Dearborn in the mid-50s? Dearborn Heights in, uh, in the mid-50s. Mm-hmm and uh, graduated in 64. Was that before you played for the Pistons and Red Wings? I never played for the Pistons. Well, you gotta show the rings, Peter. Well, I got very lucky, okay? Mike Illich and Marion and Carl Bayoff, I worked for them at their uh, sixth location of- uh, Little Caesars. Little Caesars. And uh, we continued our relationship for a while. Mm -hmm. And through their relationship, when they won the second year Stanley Cup ring, they gave me one. When I was 13, my sisters, Kathy, Denise, and Diane, all worked at the second or third Little Caesars ever. They owned by uh, Marion uh, Illich's parents, Phil and Helen. And I think they were Greek. Do you know that? Macedonian, I believe. Was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah, he had a very uh, uh, caustic tongue. <laughs> if you want to say that. Well, I mean, it was a Catholic, we got all Catholics coming over there. We, we got an education, but uh, anyway, Mike owned it. And occasionally they'd have limbo contests there. And uh, I remember uh, Mickey uh, Lolich came and uh, he, he, did, uh, he did some interviews there and made some pizzas with us. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. You worked uh, for Carl Bayoff at, Carl at the Bayoff Little Caesar, and, 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 and he had five or six restaurants. That was a six-store, the one on uh, Beach Daily and uh, Joy Road. Okay, yeah, those were fun times. Yeah. Then you worked at the DRC. Exercise yeah, I horses. used to exercise horses in the morning. Did you? Yeah. And how was that? It was fun. Met was a lot fun. of interesting oh people. Oh my God, them trackers are characters. Well, you're quite the character. Well, I, mean. I had a lot of uh, experience, mm -hmm. as you want to put it. And my baseball coach at St. Agatha in Redford was Dan Sweeney, and he was a model. And I came home, we had eight kids, and came home around Christmas, and. My dad says, look at this Sears, uh, and there's Dan Sweeney. You're, he says, your coach is on the head of the Christmas Sears catalog. <laughs> and you were doing the same thing. You knew Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think one of my biggest uh, kind of letdowns was I was doing modeling, mm -hmm. 
And I was in the newspaper probably two or three times a week. So I was dating this girl and I go over to her house and she just got a brand new puppy. Mm. Well, that puppy, you know what? He did his number right on my picture. Oh, he she did. had the newspaper laid out and my picture was there. <laughs> That's great. You know, I'm kind of thinking your first restaurant was Janopolis uh, Capreros yep. at uh, Schoolcraft. Schoolcraft. Yeah. How was that? Good. That was our start. We started, uh, as a matter of fact, that started us rolling because we got to beat, meet a lot of, you know, interesting people. Back then it was really unique that uh, the barn restaurants were independently owned. They weren't, no franchise weren't around like they are today. Well, you know, what's really cool about that is uh, there's a guy named Denny Nitell. He's five years younger than me. And he was, he worked for Peter at that time. He went to St. Gemma's, which was right behind Caprero's. And I was golfing with him out here last week with my brother. And then the other thing was my wife uh, was a teacher also at uh, St. Gemma's, and all her, the other teachers and, and faculty would go eat at Caprero's. And that was supposed to have great pizza? Oh yeah, that, that, I'll tell you what, that became a real destination place. Was it? I mean, oh, we used to have everybody in there. Like, uh, you know, the celebrities first started coming in. When celebrities, like a lot of athletes, people don't realize, back then, a lot of athletes had two jobs mm -hmm. because they didn't make enough money as an athlete to sustain them through the years. So they would either work for a dealership or uh, they would uh, rep companies. And that, that's why a lot of uh, football players, baseball players got into doing other things than being reps. And then they opened up their own companies and became very successful because they didn't make the money they made today. Well, you know, I, 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 I didn't, doesn't Miggy Cabrera clean houses on the weekends or? I don't know if I should answer that question. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're the best. <laughs> Peter uh, had multiple businesses before. There's gonna be no question in this interview and we didn't talk about it, but he's going to agree about it, I'm pretty sure. Peter had multiple businesses before he opened Janopolis' uh, uh, over at Middle Belt and 12 Mile? Middle Belt and 12 Mile. You Middle Belt it. and 12 Mile. What were those businesses? Middle Belt and 12 Mile. Well, before, we, before we there. First, we first bought our, the bar that was on there was called Oba's. Okay. It was just a shot and beer place. Mm -hmm. And then we bought it. Ran it like that, and being a shot and beer place, I was hanging around with a lot of athletes then. Mm -hmm. And then they started to come in and place, and place became very popular mm -hmm. as just a little shot and beer place. Mm -hmm. And we owned the whole corner there. You and had a barber shop? Did you own the barber shop? Then? Well, that was later. Okay. That was later. Then we tore that one down. We built the 12 mile middle belt, the Janopolis's that a lot of people know. Mm -hmm. And we had a barber shop in the, uh, in the foyer as you came in there. Mm. But it was really unique. When we bought the restaurant and we built the new place, by having a context 
of the people coming in the little place, all of a sudden we were making the new place one of the hottest places in Michigan. We were written up in Playboy magazine, one of the top singles bars in the country. Wow. So you would offer people a trim, a little trim and a shot, is what you're saying. Well, we could do so, that. We do. We, we did a lot of trimming. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you guys all? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> by by having the restaurant, I had the opportunity of meeting so many nice people. I mean, I could go on and on and on. I mean, uh, you know, like uh, Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly became a very, very close friend of ours. Yeah. And I was one of the first first guys to meet Chuck Daly when he became head coach of the Pistons. Yeah, then he was Daddy Daddy Rich. Oh, Daddy Rich. You Daddy know, Rich. I got to tell you something. I did a lot of Cousins ads, mm -hmm. okay? I did Cous this, oh, Cousins. Yeah, clothing, clothing ads, right. right? So when Chuck came in, all of a sudden he became a relationship. He grew a relationship with uh, Harry Cousins, mm -hmm. the owner. And I used to do the modeling. Mm -hmm. Well, Chuck took my thunder away oh, from me. Oh, he did. <laughs> and I used to, I used to razz him all the time. Uh, Chuck, what'd you do? You took my job away from me. That's not right. What's wrong? He looked good in a suit. Oh yeah, Daddy Rich. So, over there, and and I know uh, some of your other favorite guests that came through there. Oh, I've had I know you had so many. many. Yeah. I mean. Uh, Frank Sinatra. Right. Okay. And Bob you guys, Hope. so who else was there? Uh, oh, I mean, I could go on Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the sports guys. Mm. I mean, you name it. One day I get a phone call. The Tigers are playing the New York Yankees, right? Mm -hmm. So I get a phone call from Don Scalia, who is a, uh, he worked in the, with the uh, New York Yankees. And mm -hmm. he calls me up and he says, Pete, he said, the game's over with. He says, we got the bus waiting for us. We want to come to your place. Mm -hmm. Can you fit us in? I said, are you kidding? Now, we're talking about the New York Yankees. You yeah, know? yeah. Don Manningly. Uh, Reggie Jackson. Not Reggie Jackson. No, he Yankees? wasn't with Yeah, but not at that time. Oh, okay. So anyways, they bring the bus all the way to our place on 12 Mile Middle Mountain, Farmington Hills. Mm -hmm. The bus unloads. I have the whole New York Yankee team in my place, and the Tigers show up. Oh, great. It was, I mean, it was really nice. And I'll tell you what, it, I get to meet, like I said, a lot of really nice people. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I found out, like, uh, you know, Dave Manningly, what a sweetheart, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, it just, you know, I mean, it was, it was unique how I got to meet people, and that's how our business grew. So did you hang out with, uh, when the Pistons came, did you hang out with Chuck Daly oh, away, from, away from the oh. restaurant? As a matter of fact, when Kelly Chapuk got married, yeah. okay, in New York, so I was invited. So Chuck and I are staying at the same hotel. Mm -hmm. So Chuck comes up to me and he says, hey, Pete, he says, what are you doing tonight? I, I don't have anything planned. He says, well, I'm going to tell you right now, New York is my town. I'm going to take you out. I'm going, what? I says, I'm ready. Nighttime comes. 
we go out. He takes me to the Palms. We go to the Palms, we have, we have dinner at the Palms. Now remember, New York is his town. Mm -hmm. And these people come walking in, they come over to the table, oh my God, Pete, how are you? Oh. I introduce him to Chuck. Chuck <laughs> says, you know, his town, right? So Chuck says, you know what, I'm gonna take you over to P.J. Clark's. So we go to P.J. Clark's. We're in there and he says, you know what, my buddy Jimmy Weston owns a place just around the corner over here. He says, we'll go over there, we'll walk over there. So we come out of there and we're standing at the light waiting for it to change. All of a sudden this big guy comes over at me and it didn't look too safe right now. Uh -huh. Remember, New York is Chuck Daly's town. Right. So the guy's looking down, Chuck underneath his voice says, oh shit. I go, uh oh. Hey, my man, you know who that is? That's Chuck Daly, head coach of the Pistons. Oh. He goes, Chuck Daly, 5, 10, 15, uh. 20. We're walking across the street, he looks over and he goes, he goes, hey, Chuck, nice meeting ya. Chuck says, Pete, I don't believe you. I mean, God. I said, Chuck, when you're on the street, you gotta uh, think quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did, who was it? Just, who's that? The guy? Yeah. Just, we don't know, oh, we didn't, didn't want to know, know either. I thought maybe you knew him or something. No. Yeah. So we thought there was gonna be a problem. Uh. So I had to think quick, get us, you know, <laughs> get us going. And then, and then we go, Chuck says, you know, I'm gonna take over this disco, I think it was 54, right? So we're in a car, Chuck drives over there, right? Chuck says, we ain't getting in there. Mm -hmm. There's a line around the corner. And uh, I said, Chuck, just here, let me off real quick. So I get out of the car, he pulls over to the side. I go up to the front. Here's these big bouncers with tuxedos on. And I introduced myself and I said, you know, I got Chuck Daly with me. I says, any problem getting into, we're here for Killa Chapuka's wedding and we just want to know if uh, we could come and just have a couple drinks. You got Chuck Daly with you? Come on. Oh. So I go over and I said, Chuck, come on. Uh -huh. So Chuck gets out of the car, Daddy Rich, right? He right. straightens up and he <laughs> does his little strut. And I introduce him to the guys at the, at the front. We walk in, Chuck looks at me, he says, Pete, he says, how'd you do that? I said, Chuck, stick with me. Stick with me, I'll get you in anywhere. <laughs> you had a little practice. Oh, we, I would brass him all the time. He was the, one of the nicest guys you could be. He took time out to everybody he met. Yeah. And another one, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Oh my God. Muhammad Ali was probably by far the most congenial. He wasn't the best athlete in the world mm -hmm. or best well-known athlete. Mm -hmm. He was the best known well person in the world. Yeah, yeah. Everybody sure. knew Muhammad Ali. I mean, you take him to a game, he'd chant. They would sit there and chant, Ali, Ali. But he would come into our place, he would walk around, talk to people, and there was, there was a little baby, he would always ask, if he could cradle the baby, mm. he'd walk around the restaurant. Hold the baby. baby. I mean, he, and he never refused an autograph. Mm. He was in there one time, and he was leaving, and they stopped him towards the bar, He's, he was leaving. Mm -hmm. Somebody asked him for an autograph. And he signed an autograph. And somebody else came up. He wind up sitting at a table. There was a line 
through the bar. We had to have over 300 people in the place. Mm. They came through that line. He signed everybody an autograph that wanted one. Before he left, he looked at me and said, you know, Pete, he said, I'm getting ready to leave. Does everybody have an autograph that wants one? Nice. Now that's class. That is class. And I tell every athlete I meet at the time, I say, you know what? There's one guy you take lessons from, Muhammad mm -hmm. Ali. Yeah, yeah. Because he never refused an autograph. And you know what? He doesn't think he's better than anybody. Mm -hmm. He was the, he, I met so many nice people. And I could go on and on and mm -hmm. on. Well, it's, it's good to be humble, isn't it? I mean, the reality is, and I'm, not, I'm serious. I mean, it's, it's, you, ha you have to be humble. You, no matter what you do or who you, I always like with my kids, uh, they're in, a few of them are in sales. And they'd say, well, what's it like, Dad, uh, early on? And I'd say, well, it's a simple thing. Whether you're with the speaker or the sweeper or you're with the CEO, they're the same. It doesn't matter. You treat, you know those, you treat those sweepers just like the CEO. And that's... If you do that, he might become the CEO one day. <laughs> we've seen that has seen, happened. We've seen some of that maybe uh, over the, over years. There's another guy that was in Detroit. Uh, he was taken over by Paul W. Smith, and I know uh, Peter had to have a relationship with uh, the guy. And when we lived in Ohio uh, with our three kids for about six or seven years after we were married, my wife and I. That was WJR was our connection to Detroit. So I'd get, I was driving 45,000 miles, 50,000 a year, so I'd get in the car first thing, WJR, and there's J.P. McCarthy. There was nobody ever before him, after him, may, well, maybe before him, but certainly after him. Paul W. Smith, good guy, so-so, I mean, not funny like uh, J.P., and, and J.P. had this reputation. He won the Moscone Award, the best radio guy in the country, once or twice or three times. One time we were listening to him, Peter, and uh, he, uh, he was on his boat, and they're looking for him. Everybody's trying to find out, find out where he is. Well, he kind of was out with his buddies a little late, uh, Reedy's Pub and a few others, maybe Billy Martin. I don't know who he was on the boat with, but... He kind of missed his 6 a.m. They had to delay the show for him. Uh, I think he got in about the 8.30, but uh, just this smooth voice. J.P. McCarthy, go oh, ahead. He would come in my place all the time. Yeah, a gentleman too. Oh yeah, yep, yep. Good Irishman. Yeah, he was, uh, was well-respected and, uh, you know, it was, it, for us being away, you're away for seven years, we're missing our family. My kids are down there and my wife keeps telling me, hey, we're missing grandparents' day, we're missing that, we're missing your seven brothers and sisters, my family. <clears throat> she says, uh, you know, we can't stay down here. We just built a beautiful home in Medina, Ohio. And she comes to me and we're sitting near the fireplace having a beer or something one night and she says, Ron, we gotta go home. And I said, yeah, yeah, we need, we need to be home. And that's how we got to Brighton. And what happened was I called the owner, the president of Treras, the company I work for, and said, I said, I'm down here as a regional manager. We're coming home. And it wasn't like we were asking him. I was telling him in a nice way, 
we're coming home, where we belong. And, and Brighton's been, what do you think of Brighton, Peter? Oh, Brighton's a great city. Yeah, good people. Yeah, yeah. Good, well, look at who I'm with. <laughs> Stop. The mayor. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You're shining Now me. you're being humble, and I like that. Do you? <laughs> you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about and had uh, written down last night was uh, in in the business of restaurants, you, uh, especially the old days, you had uh, you had a lot of restaurant tours, and I only knew two of them: uh, Peter and John Zaccanini at Mamma Mia's. And the guys that own it now at Grand River and Beach, I'll give them a plug. That is our hangout in Redford Township, the Jess family. That's where we go. Great. It's a pizzeria with a great antipasto, and they've got all kinds of great food. But John Zaccanini was just like you, Peter. He went out and saw the people. I watched Peter. You remember how we met at your restaurant in Brighton? I got on your nerves, didn't I? You mean now or then? <laughs> No, uh, here's how we met. We were sitting in there, uh, my son and my son-in-law and his buddy, so Jeremy Jess, Tony Augusta, and Josh Lazarczyk, my son-in-law. I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm going to tell you one thing right now. This is being humble. Continue with the story. All right. So uh, we're, we're sitting there. They had been hunting, and uh, oh, God. Peter comes up, and I see him doing what he's been. I, I, I'd seen him before up there, but he shakes hands, and he talks to everybody who comes in. He he's just makes everybody feel like they're at home. So he comes up to me. I'm sitting there with my uh, my, my kids, and, he, I, and I got up, and I shook his hand. I go, hey, Peter, how are you? He says, hi. I go, I'm Ron Jess, and he says, uh, oh, hi, Ron. And I said, I'm the mayor. I'm the mayor of Brighton. <laughs> That's I said, I... oh, you are? <laughs> wow. Now, meanwhile, is... Ron does not know that the real mayor and the mayor pro temp are sitting about five <laughs> chairs away, and he's introducing himself as the mayor of Brighton. And the real mayor is over there. So I said, oh, you are? I said, oh, it's so nice to meet you. So I go over there and I grab the real mayor. And I walk over <laughs> to that Ron Jess. Funny. And I introduce Ron Jess to the mayor of Brighton. Well. And the pro tem. And, well, he came after that. Right. He said, oh, by the way, I want to say I'm the pro tem. Uh -huh. But the mayor comes over and I introduce. I said, mayor, I want you to meet the mayor. <laughs> that was well, pretty funny. Well, Ron, were you? Caught for words. No, no. I said, hey, I'm just, uh, you know, honorary mayor of Brighton you know, for 30 years. <laughs> well, Come you on, should have seen the it, look on his face. It was, it was priceless. <laughs> right, look. Okay. That was funny, though, wasn't it? Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, you've told that story a few times, Peter. And I'm still telling. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Lights, camera, camera pickles. pickles. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I better I open to, it. You're... Wait. <laughs> what? I have to tell you something. Yes, sir. Ron gave me a jar of pickles, and he said, Pete, you got to wait for two weeks. Yes, sir. Before you open these pickles. Mm -hmm. So about 
10 days, he calls me up. He says, hey, how'd you like the pickles? I said, Ron, it hasn't been two weeks yet. He said, that's okay. Open them up, taste them. <laughs> they wouldn't kill you. Well, I wanted to wait. So I let them marinate for a whole two and a half weeks. Were they good? They were excellent. Thank you, Peter. Ron Jess's pickles. If you want to buy them, go to your your nearest grocery store, and they'll be on the shelf. Well, not quite that. <laughs> you better retake that. We give away 60 of these a year, Peter. And you got to have one, right? The top's going to... I know. Uh, you think yeah. I've opened a few of these. Yeah. <laughs> we give 60 away a year. I think we said that last week. Don't All right. Okay. Tell me what you think. I'm going to tell you right now. This I'm actually going to have one. This reminds me of the time I did a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. Oh. Okay, I had caprils, and what I—the reason I'm, I'm telling this story because this reminds me of this. Oh. So, I walk over to the table. And I say, "How is everything?" Guy says, "Oh, this is really nice." Him and his wife are sitting there, and he says, "You know, Pete. He says this is our first time here. He says, what would you suggest?'" I said, "My dad made some fresh." chicken today. I says, really? I just got into modeling. I says, he says, his wife looks at him and says, he does all the Kentucky Fried Chicken commercials. I says, you're kidding. I sat down at the table and I started eating air. I said, I got to get a commercial. I got to work for you. I want to sell chicken. I Watch. And I'm going like, mm. <laughs> That next week, I was shooting a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. Seriously? That's why the pickle, I want to show you how I can eat it and make it look really good. God darn it. Almost said the other word. How is it? Let me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I'm enjoying every little bite. You don't understand. Or do you have there? Oh. Do you have, my wife always yells at me, don't talk with your mouth full, but I can't help it, it's so good. I gotta express <laughs> myself, boom. I dropped the pickle, give me another oh, one. God. <laughs> you are something. Come on. I gotta have my pickle fixed. Here you go, Peter. Oh, okay, I'm not gonna let this one drop. You know why? I'm gonna hold it in my mouth. And how was it? How is it? How is it? It's phenomenal. Last time we did this, <laughs> we called these the GD pickles. I just want to clarify, the GD means garlic dill. My mom would like that clarified. Damn, I get a fork too. You can have them both. That's your pay for today. Well, God bless you. It's well, been a tough year. I, oh, yeah. It's, it, you know what? That's what we were going to talk about. Peter is uh, moving out of Brighton, has moved out of Brighton. You, no had, you had started like a comedy business. We went to see Billy Bush there. He was pretty good out of Redford. He went to Redford Union. Like oh, a, lot of, a lot of buddies went there. Keith Meredith, our friend, our real good friend Keith Meredith went there and they were just up the street with us, but uh, Billy came there and he performed in the basement. And that used to be a smoking lounge down it there. It used to be a cigar bar. It yeah. was a cigar bar, yeah. And it's uh, it's it's a beautiful restaurant. 
But living in Brighton and not moving from Brighton, I, I, I'll be careful about talking about this, is that uh, what they did down there after people suffered for two years with the COVID, they had the curse of America and the world. Well, after suffering through all that and the hardships, everybody got those weird tents, those clear tents and stuff. <laughs> On top of it, what does Brighton do for the last eight months, nine months? They shut out the main artery, Grand River, from Main Street. So uh, I, the last count I had heard is four businesses out of business. I don't know if it's the right time. I don't know if they had, I really don't know the situation, whether they got federal money, why they had to fix this after well, you went through all you guys did for two years or three years. Well, I look at things this way. You know what? Things happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. Whether it's good or bad, you never know. But uh, I'm fortunate enough to open up a, uh, a carryout in New Hudson. Mm -hmm right off the 96 Expressway by uh, Walmart. And it's in a little strip mall, it's called Gus's Carryout. Mm -hmm. They're really famous for their breadstick and their, their breadsticks and their salads. And besides that, all their food is just absolutely phenomenal. My best buddy, Aaliyah Nicholas, who's the founder and the owner of uh, Gus's, He's helping me get started with Augustus Carryout. Well, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss your restaurant, Brighton, and I'm gonna miss seeing you guys all the time. Well, you know where to find me. Well, we'll be there. But uh, what I'm gonna miss more than that is we used to dine and dash at it all the time, and it was great. You know, you, we'd just go out the back door and not pay the bill. You don't understand. I still got your bills that you walked out on. Oh, uh, you do? You dine and dash? Three or four times. Well, I got sick. <laughs> That's a joke. <laughs> oh, no, it isn't. <laughs> anyway, um, isn't this a beautiful location? Oh, my God. This this is a hidden secret out here. Yeah, West this Hulu, yeah. Golf I, when I pulled up and I saw this country club, oh, my God, it's gorgeous. It is. I it mean, is. this is a hidden secret. And... Uh, if I was closer, I would I would probably join. Well, I'll give a plug for Lakeland. We've been here about 10 years, my wife and I, and the kids, our grandkids go through the junior program here. So that's really fun. And Eric Martin's a pro here. And uh, I got involved here with another Greek friend of mine, Jimmy Mellis, and golfed with his son out here last night. And I remember sponsoring Jim to become a Catholic. He had been to Rome and he had been to the Basilica and. I think he had a, a vision or something. And it, so he called me and he said, hey, Ron, will you sponsor me to become a Catholic? And I kind of knew it was really involved. And I said, no, uh, now, now look for a, a cousin, a brother-in-law, a friend that's a Catholic, have them do it for you. Somebody had canceled on me once before. And uh, so I said, you know, if you can't get anybody in two weeks, I'll do it. Two weeks, sure enough. Hey, Ron, you can do it. So I sponsored him. Did I realize it was seven months every Sunday from 8.30 in the morning to 1 in the afternoon every Sunday? But it was, it was worth it. But getting back to Lakeland where we just started is... Uh, <clears throat> 
the junior golf program and, and, and how it works here is the, the membership here is really, really a nice group of people. We've gone for their Christmas dinner or Christmas, New Year's Eve dinner, Easter, and it's it's kind of like that family feel, Peter. You know, when and you come here and it's just. Uh, it, I've been to other country clubs, and and it's a down-to-earth country club. Bingo. And you know what? If you can see through the cameras, this beautiful view back here, it's unbelievable. Look at how green it is. Look at. I mean, this is gorgeous. Yeah. Well, Peter. He was talking earlier, you know, I don't know, he has a man crush on me. <laughs> and he said I had one on him, so I would love to give him uh, a big hug and a big thank you. I really respect you, Peter, and I respect our friendship. Well, like and I said earlier, okay, you are the king of class. The mayor, Ron Jess, he is the man. Well, that was nice. <laughs> I appreciate it. You know, I, lay, I worked all night for that saying. Well, I'll give you a hug for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh...